Engaging Leader, Episode 217, The Business of We, Part 2, featuring Laura Kriska. Brought to you by the team at Workforce Communication. Find out more at workforcecommunication.com. Leadership inspire trust, passion, and action? Welcome to the Engaging Leader Podcast with Jesse Leahy, consultant, writer, and speaker. Jesse has helped executives engage hundreds of thousands of people. Join us now for principles to communicate, engage, and lead with greater impact. Welcome to the show, Engagers. This is part two of a conversation I had with Laura Kriska author of the new book, The Business of We, The Proven Three-Step Process for Closing the Gap Between Us and Them in Your Workplace. In the first part of this conversation, we talked about what we-building means and some simple examples of we-building behaviors or gestures. And we discussed an overview of Laura's three-step process for closing those us-versus-them gaps in your workplace. Today, we'll talk about some more specific tips, especially tips that we can apply while working from home, such as during this pandemic and leading a remote team, and how we can use the we-building tools in our daily lives, both in the workplace and beyond. So first of all, fostering awareness, and then secondly, actually getting a bit specific and taking an assessment. And then what's the third step in the process? So the third step is taking action, because we all know words are not enough. Words are just not enough to affect real change. And this is one of the problems uh, in terms of race in America. There have been words, there have been laws, there have been people um, advocating for change. uh, And there has been some change, but I'm going to argue it's been negligible in corporate America. Uh, 50 years, more than 50 years after the civil rights legislation had passed, and if you look at leadership, um, retention, I mean, Virtually every measurement of people of color in the workplace does not demonstrate the the population, the the skills, you know, the availability of people. Um, And I think it's because people talk a good game. They'll say the right thing. And we've seen this this year in particular when people protested the murder of George Floyd and uh, Black Lives Matter. uh, the the initiative, you know, there was so much energy behind that, and we saw organizations come out with slogans and hashtags that I've never seen in my lifetime. And I've I was glad to see those things, but words are not enough. So the third step is action. What are you actually going to do? You've you've measured yourself. You recognize that this cultural group is relevant or important to you in some way, yet your measurement is, you know, a one or a two, and you're trying to get at least over five. Hopefully, if you're a leader, you want to work toward getting an eight, nine, or 10. And so the you, you have to take action. So in my book, I talk about three categories of action. There are safe actions, challenging actions, and radical actions. Uh, right now, all of us, you know, are most of us are trying to be very careful, staying home. So it is a perfect opportunity to engage in safe action. Safe means no risk, no vulnerability. You don't have to put yourself out there, but you do have to do something. So let's take the example of um, racial justice. 
you know, there are a lot of white people who have woken up and they're saying to themselves, you know, this is, this is important. I haven't understood how, um, uh, how our country has been in the past, but I really, you know, I, I see the problems and I want to do something. So, uh, reading books, listening to podcasts, watching documentaries, uh, educating yourself. Just, I have been engaged in this process for several years now, and I'm learning things that I should have known about from my childhood. But because of our racist system, because certain uh, narratives are not portrayed accurately in textbooks, because perhaps my teachers weren't even fully aware, I didn't learn these things. And so safe actions are perfect for this situation now. Challenging actions require face-to-face interaction. So it's risky. It requires some vulnerability. It's like you using Spanish in the Honduras. You know, it doesn't feel good if it doesn't go smoothly. But to be a wee builder, you have to be prepared for things not to go smoothly all the time. And sit with the discomfort of that. Apologize if needed. Um, Go back and do some more homework if, you know, uh, you have things um, incorrect, you know, but being willing to be wrong, but, you know, even uh, saying a word in a different language or asking some, but someone, let's have lunch or, you know, I'd like to get to know you better. I will tell you, I believe that face-to-face interactions of increasing depth are the pathway to success, to toward understanding each other better, toward building trust. Without it, it won't happen. Um, uh, the final category is radical, and that's kind of what it sounds like. It's where you put yourself in a committed, ongoing face-to-face um, situation where you are hopefully the only person like you, surrounded by people uh, who are the other group, where you really are uh, immersing yourself and um, making yourself much more vulnerable. It's big, much bigger risk, but if you engage in that, you're going to learn a lot very quickly. So, so there's safe, and um, the middle one was what? Vulnerable? Challenging. Challenging. Safe, challenging, and radical. And radical. I, I loved that part of your book because I, you know, it's so easy to think of the times when you, even just inviting someone out to lunch, um, that can be very scary. And, um, but w- when you start with some safe, actions first it you can build up some confidence and um and then maybe even just voice some of your nervousness uh and that sort of makes you more human and people are a little more likely to give you some grace if you make a mistake anyway so you can step into the the challenging role or some of those challenging actions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think what you said is really important if if you can um if you're demonstrating to another person that you're genuine, if if you, uh, let's again, going back to the race example, because it's so important and it's so relevant right now. If you're a white person and you have a colleague who is black and, you know, you know that person relatively, you know, you have small talk, et cetera, but you're thinking to yourself, you know, I, I would like to try to build my relationship with that person. The wrong thing to do is go up to that person and say, hey, you're black, you know, I want to learn more. Like, 
don't put the burden on the other person. Do the work yourself. So in that situation, um, read a book. Uh, that's, you know, there's so many great books out there. So you want to talk about race. Uh, Biojema Olu uh, is, is a great one. Um, um, you know, Ta-Nehisi Coates, uh, you know, there, there's some great resources online for books on racial justice. So read a book and then perhaps approach uh, a colleague who's black and say to them with humility and be prepared for rejection and say, you know, I, um, I recognize some holes in my education and I read this book and it's really um, helped me see things I never saw before. Um, if you're open to it, I'd really like to hear what you have to say. Or I had a couple questions. If you're open to helping me learn more because I, I want to make things better. You know, they might be like, absolutely. They might say, let me think about it. Or they might say, no, you know, it, it's not another person's job to educate you. But I think if you are able to ask, you know, you'll find someone who is willing uh, to engage with you. And that's where you can start the challenging actions, um, which can develop into really important, meaningful relationships. Laura, this topic of the safe actions seems especially relevant during the pandemic, with so many of us working from home, what are some tips for we building during this time? So um, I think reflecting on yourself, using the 10 questions, and this is something people can go to my website and download for free. The 10 questions are not, you know, uh, rocket science. They're pretty simple. And they're these, you know, 10 simple yes or no questions. And the nature of the questions is such that a no answer reveals an action point for you to think about. Um, and the goal, of course, is to get a higher and higher score over time. So we're home during the pandemic. Um, you can take this, you know, you, you can decide who is your them group, right? This is one of the most important things in we building is being very specific. Um, sometimes it's related to business. You know, I have a client um, and they want to um, start a new entity in the Philippines. All right, so Philippine culture is uh, the the them group, or it can be something you know very related to your daily life. It doesn't have to be international. Um, as we were talking about with racial justice, you know, if you're a white person and you are wanting to bridge the gap with black culture, then black culture is the them that you measure yourself against. So let's say you get a low score in relation to black culture. Um, then you go online. First thing you could do, go online and you start researching. Um, there's a great website. It used to be called 75 Things White People Can Do for Racial Justice, um, but it's climbed up. It's like 100 things you can do. But it's, you know, it's got over 100 ideas of actions you uh, could take today. Uh, something simple like uh, researching um, uh, your local politicians or, you know, thinking, thinking about um, where you shop, you know, most of us are, are, have changed our shopping patterns. So thinking about where you spend your money uh, is a great way for people to 
think about racial justice. Uh, I believe a lot of well-meaning liberal white people live really kind of white separatist lives in their daily patterns. Um, it, and this goes back, I mean, part of the reason we do this is because of the policies, the racist policies that have been um, uh, instituted in our country. So, you know, many of us live in white neighborhoods, we shop in white stores, and, and because of the pandemic, we can shop online. And you can buy stuff uh, specifically um, from Black-owned businesses if, you know, you're trying to um, reflect and support a multi-racial and multi-ethnic coalition, which I think many of us want. But if you're not taking action that supports it, you're not really uh, helping. Yeah, those are good tips. I'm also thinking about leaders of teams, whether they're leading a virtual team or maybe an executive at a, at a company and has a lot of um, people working remotely now. And a lot, I, a lot of the a lot of the companies that hire you specifically, it is to help with their equity and, and inclusion initiatives. Um, any any tips for those leaders? What you can do as a as a leader of a team? So there are ways that leaders can utilize the virtual platform to get real information from their employees about things like diversity and inclusion that they would not get in person. So let me give you an example. I was running a webinar recently and I um, developed a kind of um, a question using a platform called Mentimeter. And you can do quizzes and ask for input. It's a really great platform. And you can do you know, free versions of Mentimeter. And we asked questions that um, people would have hesitated to answer in person. So savvy leaders who are concerned about certain topics can ask for input. The way it works is that people use their phones to answer questions that appear on the screen and their answers are anonymous, but everyone can see the answers. So it's really it's a really powerful tool to get input about topics that, that might be very sensitive, um, that people might hesitate to talk about in person. Um, and you can make them, you know, yes or no questions, so it's very quick. Or you can make them open-ended questions, so that people are really giving you what they really think. So I've been asking people, for example, um, about examples of us versus them dynamics, and the two biggest categories are politics and race. So if I'm a leader, I need to pay attention to those things. Yeah, that's helpful. That's good. So that's Mentimeter. Mentimeter, M-E-N-T-I-M-E-T-E-R, Mentimeter. All right. And we will put a link to that in our show notes as well as to your website, which we just mentioned, that we, folks can get the assessment, laurachrista.com. Yes. It's, it's my great hope, Jesse, that this simple 10 questions becomes a frequently and often used touchstone for people multiple times throughout their work career and even in their private lives. So besides your website, laurachrisco.com, are there any other places where people can stay up on your work and what's going on? 
Um, my publisher, HarperCollins Leadership, has a um, leadership essentials page with various resources. I'm contributing some videos to their page, but they're you know good resources um, for people to use since we're in this virtual world right now. Yeah. So, do you, what's the uh, website for that? Oh, that's such a good question. <laughs> HCLeadershipEssentials.com. HCLeadershipEssentials.com. Great. Yes. Laura, how can people use the we building tools in their daily lives beyond even beyond the workplace? People can use the we building tools to bridge any gap that's causing some damage, damage in the form of poor communication, maybe a broken relationship, um, misunderstanding. And if you reflect on yourself and if you recognize that you really haven't done the work, you haven't spent the time to fully understand another group or another person, there's so many actions people can take. Now, if you've done the work, you spent the time and you conclude, you know, this is a broken relationship, that's a different situation. I'm after, I, I'm encouraging people to not make quick decisions, not make superficial decisions. So the we building tools really ask both the, the person uh, to look deeply within themselves to say, hey, have I really, you know, given this person or this group a chance? And then to spend a little time and effort uh, to try to understand um, what that other cultural group's values are, what they're about, because, you know, it just, we have so much more in common as humans than we tend to recognize because conflict, you know, gets our attention. Um, but I, I'm eager to find the common um, points uh, so that we can operate with a, a broader circle of we rather than this damaging us versus them dynamic. Yeah, that's beautiful. I was just thinking that basic idea works not only with people who we might view as different, but just people that you see every single day, your family members, coworkers, mm -hmm. approaching them with some curiosity and empathy, what's going inside of them today and where can I kind of um, both create some empathy, but also just make the connection between how are we a, a we? Where is there a we here that we have some common bond? Yeah, I, I just want to say um, often a great common bond is cats. <laughs> <laughs> If I'm working with a group of 10, 20 people, and if I say, who has a picture of a cat on their phone? <laughs> it's shocking to me. It's crazy. And then if you expand it to dogs, well, forget about it. You will have so much common bonding. And then using the technology and people are sharing pictures of their pets. I mean, such a simple thing can immediately bond people who don't speak the same language, who have different religions, who are different races and genders and ages. But when leaders foster that commonality, amazing things can happen from the moment people are meeting. That is a great idea because there's something, and there's other, other topics, but there's something about if someone has a picture of a dog or a cat on their phone, mm -hmm. I don't know, they can't be all that bad, right? There's something that's <laughs> a little bit gentle or vulnerable about them. And even, I'll, I, I don't know, uh, I, I had a recent experience where there was a group of 20 people really from all over the world 
And the first person shared about having recently gotten a puppy. And then the next person was talked about their dog. And then, then it went around the room. Even though not everybody had a dog, everybody had a dog story. And one person, I'm not joking, like almost was in tears because he spoke. He revealed to this group of people that he had met that first day that his dog had recently passed away. And it was this bonding moment for this group um, because this one person had kind of initiated uh, this common topic. That's what we building leaders do. Yeah. I've heard somebody that a lot of people viewed as as intimidating gruff, unfeeling, um, who had just shared that earlier that day he had come across a dog who'd been hit by a car and he, he pulled over and just sort of had to hold that dog waiting for help. But the dog then died before any help. And so he cried. Um, and he just, Oh, you are a human being. (laughs) It can, it can really, it is a, there's a common bond there. And I don't, yeah, I'm not really into dogs and cats, but I had a dog growing up, and so yeah, I would have a, a my own dog story, and I, yeah. you know, bring tears to my eyes. And <laughs> actually, that happened, but it was in the like really top leader of this one group, and um, not very, uh, you know, friendly vibe and stuff. But his story, he said something. He, he was not a native English speaker, and he said, "I had this dog, and as a child, and at the end, he said, I loved her." Aww. Oh, yeah. Wow. (laughs) Well, the book again is The Business of We, the proven three-step process for closing the gap between us and them in your workplace. Laura Kiska, it's been so fun to get to know you and I love your book. Really, you're doing some important, great work in the world. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Jesse. It's been great to speak with you today. All right, Engagers, that wraps up this episode. We'll provide the information and links that Laura mentioned on our show notes for this episode, which you can find on our website at engagingleader.com. This is a production of Workforce Communication. We are a team of consultants and creatives using the power of communication to help organizations enhance the well-being and performance of their people. My colleagues and I partner with mid-sides and large employers to attract top talent, fully engage employees, and achieve superior business results. In several areas, including employer branding, talent management, wellness, benefits and compensation, business transformation, and more. Find us at WorkforceCommunication.com. Our thanks to Betsy Leahy, our production assistant, Jamie Barnes, Tom Hitchcock, and Jenny Colenda from our social media team, JJ Leahy from our video and graphic design team, and Rick Tarrant, our announcer. Until next time, remember, in the 21st century, the real movers and shakers aren't just leaders, they're engagers.